Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 930 in 716. The County Executive Candidates in Conversation. The Poland Cars Edition. Uh, if they're the London Bills, it's not going to be in the best interest of this community and a lot of other people. So I think what you have to do is keep in mind that what you're doing is negotiating on everyone. The incumbent Democrat talking about the bills and roads. As soon as we have the weather of South Carolina and Florida, we'll have roads like South Carolina and Florida. The Skyway. It's got to come down if you're going to do anything. But before you can do that, you got to be able to get traffic back and forth from the south towns to downtown. And divisive politics. I think we all realize that uh, is n- politics is a... It's a tough business. I'm Tim Wenger on 9:30 and 7:16. During a campaign, it is tough to get more than 30-second commercials and newscast sound bites from the candidates. We're amidst debate season. One last week for the Erie County Executive race. Two more later this week. But those two have some rules and limitations and simply don't allow for long-form, free conversation about the issues. So we did something different, yet very simple. One full hour in studio for the two candidates vying for Erie County Executive. It's refreshing, no interruptions, and nobody talking over one another. No bells, no buzzers. So, here we go. My administration has spent more on average than two private previous Republican administrations on an annual basis. Mark Polinkar starts on the issue of roads in studio with Susan Rose and Brian Mazurowski. My administration has spent $58.4 million average on roads per year. The Collins administration spent 54.8, and the Giambra administration spent somewhere around 35 million, much less. Uh, but we're not going to go in there and cut libraries or cut parks just for more roads. I just want to remind everybody that Erie County has a very large inventory, much larger than most other counties, because back in the 1950s and 60s, the Board of Supervisors, the old Board of Supervisors, cut a deal with supervisors from the city of Buffalo and transferred hundreds of miles of roads from the towns to Erie County. So we have 1,200 centerline miles of roads. Uh, That's more than the states of Rhode Island, Hawaii, and uh, I'm forgetting the other one, Vermont. Vermont have in total. And uh, that means we have 2,400 lane miles of roads, at least, because you have two lanes for every one mile of road. Uh, We've done 1,256 miles of roads as of earlier this year, about June. So we've done even more than that. That's more than half of our road inventory. Uh, We don't have a single lane mile of road in the city of Buffalo. I'll often hear from folks about how the condition of the roads are in the city of Buffalo and you guys are doing a bad job. And I'm like, well, the county doesn't do that. The county contributed a a few hundred thousand dollars this year to the city of Buffalo to help do some roads in downtown Buffalo. Uh, But we don't and are not responsible for any of the roads in the city of Buffalo. There's many roads that is now that are now on the county's inventory that used to be town roads, but because of a corrupt bargain done 50 years ago, they were transferred to the county. 
and the towns all laughed. Ha, 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 ha. We don't have the responsibility associated with the roads anymore. Yeah, but their folks drive on them. And when you have so many miles of roads, and we don't get federal infrastructure dollars like the states of Vermont, Rhode Island, and Hawaii get, we don't get it. We get some state dollars, but we don't get federal infrastructure dollars like the states do, even though we have more miles of roads than three states. Uh, It just means that we're going to have to constantly invest in them, uh, but not invest as much as a state would. Could we do more? Yeah, I guess we could do more. And you bring it up, we could cut services. I'm not in favor of that. Or we could raise taxes. And I don't think the public's in favor of that, too. I mean, I've gone out and I've asked folks, well, if you knew that your taxes were going to be raised and it was going to, the additional money would go to the roads, would you want it? And the general answer I've heard from people is no. So it's all part of governing. We have many responsibilities in government, parks, libraries, emergency services. But the vast majority of of county government, 90% of it, of the $1.7 billion budget, is mandated expenses. And guess what's not included in the mandated expenses? Roads. It's not required. New York State does not require us to maintain our roads at a particular level. I mean, we could have all dirt roads, theoretically. And some of the roads that are county roads now, when they were transferred years ago, were basically gravel. Uh, So we work very hard. We do about 120 miles on average per year. Uh, We've done a little bit more than that in the last few years because we've put a little bit extra money in. But uh, uh, we live in a climate that is going to guarantee that we're going to have freeze thaws and we're going to have some road uh, decomposition, so to speak. Uh, Earlier this year, I had a gentleman come up to me and he said, you know, I go down south and live just outside of uh, South Carolina for the for the winter why can't our roads be like that and I reminded him I said why do you go south for the winter he says well I don't like dealing with the snow and the sleet I said as soon as we have the weather of South Carolina and Florida we'll have roads like South Carolina and Florida next issue up it should be the community's decision uh simple as that the Buffalo Skyway and what to do I agree with Brian I prefer to see the Skyway come down I, when I heard about the proposal to leave this elevated section right in the heart of, of the waterfront district, I thought it was stupid. I mean, with all due respect to the, whoever designed it, they must not live here because do we really want to have this giant behemoth? Uh, it kind of reminded me there'd be like four legs. It sort of looked like the Imperial Walker. It's just about to say <laughs> the Star Wars yeah. thing. Empire <laughs> strikes back. See this giant thing just towering over everyone. And I was totally surprised when I saw that. I go, I don't know who picked this. I'm sorry, but it's got to come down if you're going to do anything. But before you can do that, you got to be able to get traffic back and forth from the south towns to downtown. Uh, if you remember many, many years ago, there was discussion about building a south towns connector, uh, going up the rail lines that currently exist, but they're not using as many rail lines as they did in the past, so there's a possibility to do that. Uh, so the discussion would be to take Route 5 in to, like, Tiff Street, go up Tiff Street, which is two lanes in that area, uh, even though they just did some major reconstruction as well. Uh, and then Tiff Street, you'd connect it through a South Towns connector going up the rail lines uh, to the 190. That is would be a, an exceptionally expensive project. I mean, it would be expensive to take the Skyway down, but it would be expensive to do a Skyway or a South Towns connector. Uh, there should also be a discussion potentially about rail from uh, downtown to South Towns. At one point, there was a discussion about building a rail station behind the football stadium in Orchard Park because there's a rail line that exists. Uh, th- why not? I mean, I- I've done above-ground rail in other communities. Denver's got a great above-ground uh, line that runs miles and miles outside of the city, and that's how people come into work as they take uh, the, the rail. 
So I think everything should be on the table. They just did major work to the Skyway, so I don't expect anything to happen soon. But it is a discussion that needs to happen. Uh, if it is going to, por- portion of it's going to come down, in my eyes, it all should come down. And then it would open up further development on in the in the canal side district and the waterfront if you look underneath the skyway presently you don't see a development there you see green space and maybe a small little building but you don't see development why because things fall off the skyway you can't put development in people mm-hmm. having fun with potentially a bolt that comes down and lands on their head that would be the worst case scenario so my goal would be in the long run uh, if it is to uh, anything else major is to be done, it should come down. I do agree with Congressman Higgins on that. Then, of course, there's the Buffalo Bills and what to do. Uh, we know the bones of the stadium are good. Like anything that's been around for nearly 50 years, it's starting to get a little sore in spots. Mark cars on the stadium and lease negotiations. Uh, there's some work that probably would need to be done in the future to ensure that it could last uh, even longer. But the Bagulas have told me they will not be sharing the vast majority of that report with me, only the issues that deal with any structural problems with the stadium. So it would be up to the next county executive to negotiate a lease. Maybe. That's if there isn't a decision on a new stadium. What are you expecting? Surely you have to have like an expectation one way or another what they're going to tell you. Well, I'm not expecting any one thing in particular if, if I'm at that point. Uh, I've had... And we sit down with the Pagula administration uh, quarterly. I generally sit down with Kim Pagula at least annually. And we talk about particular issues associated with the team in the football stadium, uh, issues with the whole campus, so to speak, out there. Uh, they've invested $36 million over the last two years in the uh, campus, so to speak, $18 million two years ago with regards to the club seat uh, restaurant area, another $18 million this year with regards to the the uh, training facility. So I don't think they're planning on leaving that location for any time soon. But that's, no matter what, something's going to have to be negotiated next year and or in 2023. I'll make sure I get my years right. <laughs> so 20, starting in 2022, potentially even, even beforehand, there'll be discussions. But uh, something's going to be negotiated, whether it's a new stadium or it's a further renovation. Uh, I've said all bef- along, and I think you've heard me say this many times before, I don't negotiate in public uh, and say lay my cards on the table and say here's what the county wants. Uh, but uh, I think we'll, it's fair to say that there's going to be a, an in-depth negotiation, which the goal will be to ensure that it's a, a, a strong facility, whatever it might be, for the team and the community. If the Pagulas say it's going to be a new stadium, it's got to be a new stadium, how do you move forward while keeping the – best interests of the taxpayers, you know, in check here? Well, you have to focus on what uh, you believe is in the best interest for the community. Taxpayers might say, don't spend another penny on the stadium. But if the football team moved, is that in the best interest of the community? It certainly is in the best interest of this station and Intercom because you like talking about the Buffalo Bills. And if they're now the London Bills, and you see this weekend, the NFL was in London again. Uh, If they're the London Bills... It's not going to be in the best interest of this community and a lot of other people. So I think what you have to do is keep in mind that what you're doing is negotiating on everyone. And there are folks in our community who are Bills fans, have been Bills fans their entire life, who might not be a taxpayer right now because they're just a senior and they they don't pay income taxes. They might not pay 
property taxes. They may pay sales tax, but uh, I think it's important that we do what's in the best interest of the community. What do you get the sense of from talking to people on this issue? Because it seems like to me most people are of the mind that, you know, yeah, downtown stadium, that would be really cool. But if you really press me on it, I, they don't need to move out of the stadium in Orchard Park anytime soon. That's just fine. That can stay there for 100 years if it were up to me. So they kind of one would be nice, but I, really I don't care what they do as long as they're here. I hear everything from the public. I hear people that are don't put another cent in, don't give a penny to any billionaires that own a football team that makes lots of money. To other people, you do whatever it takes to keep the team here. And that's why you can never please everyone. And what about the divisive state of politics, the toxic atmosphere that has people losing friends over politics? It's pretty bad out there, but it, I think we can still have a conversation like the three of us are having and it can be cordial on, on the issues. Uh, Poland Cars tries to keep it all in perspective. It, some people are taking things to such an extreme, it, it, can, it, it worries me. Uh, and we see it because we see mass shootings across the, the country, uh, and often it's racially motivated, religiously motivated. And uh, this didn't happen many, many years ago. Uh, I'm very disappointed in, in, in what's happening. I think we can disagree on the issues. We can disagree on policy. We can do it without the nastiness without the name calling. And it starts at the top. I mean, I've been critical of the president on many things. I've also given him kudos on things that he's done well, like his administration. I think they've addressed the opiate epidemic on a national level well. But I, you can't be president and go out there and call people names. And just recently he was using very vulgar language. Because uh, then it translate over. Then people think, well, it's okay if the president does it, then I can do it. And that's not good because you, you, you can have disagreement on the issues. You can have disagreement on policies. But we need to talk that through and realize that just because something didn't happen that you wanted doesn't mean it's the end of the world. What about the uh, Ellen DeGeneres moment last week? She attended the Cowboys game with President Bush, and she was criticized for that. And then she came out publicly, and she said, you know, she can be friends with people that she's, you know, not in politically agreeing, agreeing with. Yeah, I mean, it was important for her to say that. Uh, I think we all realize that uh, is, politics is a is a tough business. I posted something yesterday about there's a f- former satirist in the late 19th century who had a character called Mr. Dooley, and Mr. Dooley used to talk about politics. He said politics ain't beanbag, and it's not. It's tough, but that doesn't mean that you should hate your opponent. It just doesn't mean you should hate your neighbor. Uh, or the individual that uh, you disagree with on issues. And it was it was important for her to come out and say, listen, uh, George W. Bush and I don't agree on everything, but I can sit down with him at a, a football game and watch the football game and we can have a good time. And that doesn't mean that you agree with that person on everything. Uh, the problem is today uh, people can find an echo chamber that responds and says everything that they want to hear. Uh, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, if you wanted to get a, be in that kind of thing, you had to get a newsletter through the mail. You had to go to your local group and there may be three of you sitting there. Now you can go to the internet and you can be there and see thousands and thousands of individuals who agree with everything you say. And so you automatically think, well, then if they all agree with me, then that's the thing that has to be done. It seeks you out. Yeah. And so at this point, I think it's important for people to understand that when you live in a society like ours, an open society with the free freedom of speech and so forth, you're going to hear things that you don't agree with. 
it's when I've heard some bigoted comments and racist comments, I'll be the first one to say, yes, the, the First Amendment right of freedom of speech protects that individual from saying that. But it also gives me the right to call that person a bigot for saying it. And I think it's important that we don't we, we call out the things that are inappropriate. But we realize just because we disagree on a political issue doesn't mean it's life or death. Next up, Lynn Dixon, tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 